Praise God. We want to talk today about give God all you got. Does that work for you? Tell somebody next to you, give God all you got. Give God all you got. No matter what from now on, give God. <laughs> hey, when you get to in your life, uh, when you get to the end of your life, will you have regrets? There's a nice little big walloping question. How about this? When, will you have wished that you would have loved more? Just think about the end of your life. How many of you have seen people at the end of their life and things are not very comfortable and going very well? You wish you could have lived more fearlessly. That's a big one. Many people wish you would not have lived in fear. Here you're on your deathbed and realize, why did I live in fear? Why did I live in fear? Why was I so distracted by so many earthly worries? Why didn't I trust the Lord with my life? I wish, will you wish you walked with the Lord more deeply and more focused, more with all your heart? I know people get to the end of their life, they wish they had been more forgiving. Will you have wished, I wish I would have forgiven or just given, just been a giver, more of a giver. You can't take it with you. Give it away. Will you have labored for the sake of the gospel? When you look Jesus in the eye, will he be what matters? Or was all this other stuff that is disappearing and fading away mattered more? Will you have fulfilled your God-given purpose? So Paul poured out his soul all the way to the end. Second Timothy 4.7 says, I have fought the good fight of faith. I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. So he ended up at the end being able to say, I poured, and he even said these words, I poured myself out like a drink offering. He was literally, and we're going to talk about that day, giving everything, giving it all, give your all to the Lord. Mark 29, 30 says, and you shall love the Lord your God. Everybody say the word all with all your heart. Everybody say all. Do you know what all means? It means whole or complete. Yeah, all. It means all. But all your heart. All your, your soul, all your mind, all your strength. The word love, agapeho, means to welcome, to entertain, to be fond of, to love dearly. Do you love, do you entertain the Lord with all your heart? Do you fond of him with all your heart? Are you, do you love him dearly with a complete heart, your complete heart? Everybody say complete heart with everything. In, or with all your, or, so your heart is your, uh, the center of your spiritual and uh, physical and spiritual life, the seat of all spiritual life, everything, the center of who you are. Do you love him with all your, your heart, cardia, or with all your soul? Soul is the, defined in the Greek, psuche is uh, the breath of life, the seat of feelings, the desires, affections, the soul as its essence, which differs from the body and is not dissolved by death. Your soul goes on and on. Do you love him with all of your soul? Or with all of your mind, dianoia, the, the faculty of understanding and feeling and desiring. Do you love the Lord your God with all of your mind? Wouldn't that just heal a whole bunch of problems right there? Just loving him with all of your mind, with all of your strength. I can't even pronounce that Greek word. But the ability, your force, your might. Our lifelong response to Jesus for giving us all that he had 
This is a, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength is our, our re, lifelong response for, for pouring back to God what he poured out to us. Jesus drank the cup to the last drop. And there's uh, many Old Testament pastors, uh, passages, my goodness, that use the metaphor of the cup as a reference of God's fierce judgment. So Jesus comes and takes our place on the cross and pours it out, even prays in the garden Nevertheless, you know, can I have any way this cup can pass over me? And he says, uh, but nevertheless, not my, my will, my human desire to not go through all this physical torment and, and uh, pouring out of my blood. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And he went through it. And of course, everybody say, now he's enthroned. He's enthroned. The, the, in heaven, there is a man. I just think it's cool that Paul in the... Uh, Philippians, it says, uh, have this mind in you that was like in, in Christ Jesus. He uses Christ first. And then he says, who emptied himself of the privileges of God. And, he, and then he goes on and says that he humbled himself after he took on the form of man. He humbled himself to the point of death. And then it says he flips the names and from Christ Jesus to now the name of Jesus Christ. I think it's interesting that, you know, Christ is the anointed one. And the man, the name for the man is second the anointed Messiah, Christ Jesus, humbled himself, became a man, and now he's back in heaven. It says, now Jesus Christ has been given a name that's above every name, and that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And he flipped the name around. It says, now the man is in heaven. Jesus, the man with the scars, is in heaven representing you and me. And he poured everything out. And when he poured everything out, he, he has this hunger that you would pour everything out for him during your lifetime. I just felt the Lord putting on this, this on my heart today. So we're going to look, look at an example of a person in the Bible who gave it all. Everybody say Elisha. Elisha. Elisha was the protege of Elijah. 2 Kings 13, 14 through 19. I have that verse there. And I'm going to read. And when I get down to the part that uh, I have a verse that will pop up, I think it's 19 later when I get to that. Pull that up. So we're going to look at uh, uh, some of the story of Elisha. And this is Elisha at the end of his life. Get this, get this. Now, when Elisha had fallen sick with the illness of which he was to die, Joash, the king of Israel, went down to him and wept before him, crying, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And that was what actually Elisha said to Elijah when Elijah was being taken. And Elisha said to him, Take a bow and arrows. And so he took a bow and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, draw the bow. And he drew it. And Elisha laid his hands on the king's hands. He said, open the window, the window eastward. And he opened it. And Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And then he said, the Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Syria. For you shall fight the Assyrians until you have made an end of them. And he said, now take the arrows and he took the arrows and he said to the king of Israel strike the ground with them and he struck the ground three times and then the man of God was angry with him and he said you have struck you should have struck five or six times then you would have struck down Syria until you made an end of it but now you will strike down Syria only three times. Now, why is this so important? Why is hitting the floor? 
with arrows. So important. To Elisha, to the Lord. And I want to say, why is giving it, giving it all you got important? Giving it all you got when it's time to give it all you got. In the Bible, there are people who live as examples to follow. And there are people who live as warnings to not follow. And when you get to the end of your life, what category will you be in? Will you be an example for people to follow? Or will you be in the category as a warning to be avoided? What will your life be at the end? And we see a determined focus in Elisha giving God all he had. 1 Kings 19, 19 through 21, shows the beginning point. Now watch this, and I'll get to verse 21, and we'll put that up in a minute. So this is now, this is a crisis time in Elijah's life. Elijah, by the way, I've heard a guy say one time, he called Elijah a Elisha, and I thought, Elisha, sounds like a woman. I have never heard that before. I said, I'm going to stick with Elisha. Elisha, you know, anyway. So he departed from, now what happened is he'd gone and had this encounter with, you know, this is Elijah had an encounter with the prophets of Baal and then had this threat from Jezebel and took, it's a big long story, but he runs off and, and uh, he's worn out and all this and God says, okay, here's what we're going to do. You're going to go anoint some people and they're going to take over and they're going to take care of this for you. And so he tells him three people and one of those people is Elisha. So the first person he goes to uh, he says, so he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen in front of him, and he was with the 12th. And Elijah passed by him and cast his cloak upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And Elijah said to him, go back again, and for what have I done to you? And 21, and he returned. So Elisha returned from following him. He took the yoke of oxen and he sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the yokes, with the yokes of the oxen. So he, he, takes, he takes the yokes and he builds a bonfire. And then he cooks all the meat. If you talk about burning your bridges or burning the ships, he wiped out his livelihood. He said, this is what I'm going for. And he has a big feast and he gives all the food away. He gave it all he had, didn't he? He poured it all out, didn't he? Right in the very beginning. Right in the very beginning, he says, I'm going for it. He was plowing a field and says, you know what? Now this cloak, this cloak, this is a picture. You take off the coat and you throw it over a person, and it lands on him. He says, oh, that anointing, that covering, that work of the Spirit on that life is coming on my life. I'll be right back. I want that more than that. We're going to have dinner with that, and we're going to walk with you. <laughs> Hallelujah. And when Jesus said, follow me to the disciples, they follow. How many of the Lord's whispered to you, follow me? How many of you ran into some stuff? Come on. So he followed him, and then now we come to the end, um, kind of end of, I don't want to go through all the examples of their life, but this is, 
this is just, this is going to go by pretty quick. Somebody say, praise the Lord. This is going to go pretty quick. Uh, looks like it to me. So he comes to the end of his life. Uh, Elijah's life. And now we see even more of this determination in Elisha. Second Kings 2, 1 through 14. I'm using the New Living Translation. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal. Gilgal is where the Israelites were circumcised before entering the promised land. Everybody say Gilgal. Gilgal Gilgal means cutting away of the past. Cutting away of the past. How many of you have had the Lord whittling on some of the excess baggage of your souls over seasons of time? Say, if you're going to go for it, this is not going with you. Hallelujah. The New Testament talks about the circumcision of the heart. There's a real change in the heart. There's a physical one in the Old Testament. New Testament, spiritual. It's a picture of a spiritual thing. Before they went into the, entered the promised land, they said there's going to be a deep change. Before you go into your promised land, God says we're going to cut away some stuff. When you want to go with everything you are, give it all. He says, good, this is leaving. How many of you had some slow times of getting some of that out? Aren't you, faith, aren't you glad for his faithfulness? Aren't you glad that that load will come off? Hallelujah. Have you noticed that when something like that happens, something good can happen on the other side? Let's praise the Lord right now for all the times that he's cut away something of the past. You can give all you are to the Lord, and he'll take the good stuff and he'll get rid of the bad stuff. Praise God. So have you been faithful in partnering with the Lord and cutting off those things that, let me just tell you this, some of that stuff will creep back. Isn't that true? How many have had some things creep back? Say, no, creep. Get off my back. Cut away the past. It comes around. I remember that time. Um, well, this is, I mean, you know what? Now, now that I know it's going to be short, I'm going to go ahead and have some fun. How many of you remember years ago Donald Moore? Donald Moore, a prophet, a wonderful guy. He was a, he's the kind of prophet that he'd be sitting in his house and the Lord would show him like a, something that somebody was doing in some other city and he'd drive over there and talk to him about it. Aye. Really trusted of the Lord. Well, we had him up for a, a conference. We were at, uh, out in a conference place and uh, we were praying before the service and he was in, I was in the, just me and him in this room before we started the uh, time of the men's uh, ministry. And I was standing there, and he mutters something. It's like he goes, whatever it says like that, touches me. And I suddenly feel hollow. I can't explain it. I felt something left me. It was gone. And I was like almost disoriented. I said, what'd you do? He's like, cast out a spirit. What was its name? (laughs) He said, insecurity over leadership. You had it a long time. Up to that point, every decision I made, I'd second guess it. It was a demonic thing. I would second guess every decision. 
Make a decision, second guess it. It was a spirit. When he said that, I was suddenly aware of, wow. And I felt this hollow, I felt like, a, like my whole mind was like fizzing. I was like, man. And when he said that, he, um, I fell to my knees and the spirit of the Lord came upon me. And I just began to soak in the presence of God. Then we went out and had our meeting and the spirit of the Lord moved. It was quite extraordinary. Then later we were talking. This is crazy. Stand up, stand up, stand up. So pretend that John's me and this is Donald. He's standing here. And this is really important, guys, because the Lord can get rid of something. and It'll try to come back. That's the point of this. And I'm standing there. And like you're me. Yes, so you can see. So I'm standing there, and Donald's talking to me, and the hairs of the, this is right here, the hairs of the back of my neck go up. And Donald looks over here, and he goes, oh, it wants to get back in. And I don't see it, but I feel, oh, God, this is weird. And he says, now, you had this a long time. It'll want to come back. But this is what he told me. He says, but you just clap your hands and run it off the property like you chase a dog off, the, off the, your lawn. Because it wanted to get back in right away. And that's crazy. And so it's, get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah, man. <laughs> so he said, five, month, five, week, five hours, five weeks, five months, five years, 50 years from now. This thing going to hunt around. Hey, are we still available? No. You're cutting away some of your past. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Because some of you have, look, look, when I, when I came in there a little while ago, I told you about before, you know, got on the message, but I was in here worshiping and this, that thought up there saying, what are you doing in here? It could have been that same guy. So when I'm in here, I'm in here worshiping God. What are you doing in here? <laughs> you have to go. And it left. Let's just praise the Lord for just a moment. Thank you, Lord, for each person in the hearing of my voice has authority in the name of Jesus to take dominion over every foul thing that has left their life. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord, for equipping of the saints, for the anointing in our life, for the name of Jesus, the powerful name that's above every name, for the power of the blood of Jesus that literally causes demons to flee from us and heal and to bring healing to our souls. We thank you, Lord, that when you cut away the past, it's cut away. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. So this is, he leaves Gilgal. And then it says, um, and Elisha said to Elijah, stay here for the Lord has told me, don't put it up yet, to go to Bethel. But listen to this. But Elisha replies, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. Elisha wouldn't let go. Elijah said, you just stay here. He goes, no, I'm not staying here. I'm going with you. How many of you have had opportunities and you let them go by? Lord says, just jump at it. Say, take the risk. Go with it. And let the Lord develop your life. So they went down to, together to Bethel. And a group of prophets from Bethel came to Elisha, Elisha and asked him, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? This is a, a group of prophets. They all, they all know. <laughs> And he says, of course I know. Be quiet about it. Bethel means house of God. The place where God's presence dwells. So they're going from cutting off the past to dwelling in the presence. 
Do you love his presence? Does it mean more to you than life itself? Like he says, your loving kindness is better than life. Being in the, I would rather be in the house of the Lord. Loving the Lord, praising the Lord, knowing the Lord. Do you have times of just worshiping Jesus? This morning on the way in, because I had been uh, focusing on some other things uh, with the message and stuff, and I didn't really get to praise the Lord the way I wanted to, so I, I, I turned on this music in my uh, van, and I'm driving along, and I started to sing. It was instrumental music, so I started to sing. I sang until I felt goosebumps. I just kept singing about the joy. I'm just riding down the connector, connecting, hallelujah. How many say, I love the presence of God. I need the presence of God. I need Jesus. I need his presence in my life. And he's going, You're, I'm, leaving, I'm leaving Gilgal too, but I'm also going to Bethel. And part of this about giving all, giving it all, has to do with loving the presence of God. Wanting to be with him. Do you have a hunger for his presence do you long to be in his presence and honor his presence? Are you determined to live in his presence? Let me go ahead and tell you, there's just times, seasons, where you'll just feel like you're drying up. It's time to jump in the river and drink. Do whatever your soul can do. Have you ever seen, you ever been away and come home and the plants like this? The plants in the corner of the house going, and you put the thing in the sink and you fill it up with water. It goes, <sighs> that's what the presence of the Lord does for your soul. You get in the presence of the Lord and just drink it in. And suddenly there's life and you feel like everything's lubricated. You know, your, your spirit man goes, well, thank you. You know, it's really interesting. Um, wasn't planning on saying this because I have the time. When a, when a demon spirit enters your life, it comes in really quiet. It slips in. Like a person who lies and lies and lies, and the spirit of lying says, oh, good, a home. And the person up to that point can stop lying anytime they want, but then the spirit of lying finds a house, and now they can't stop lying. And when it's time to tell the spirit of lying to leave, it makes a ruckus. We're not leaving. That's when it rises up. It's completely the opposite with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes in, it's a joyful ruckus. You're baptized in the Holy Spirit. You speak in a language you've never known before. You feel joy. You feel this incredible plan. At least I felt the glory of God come on my body. I was like, wow, this is incredible. But when a person walks away from the Lord, the Holy Spirit gets real quiet. There are moments and nudges where it goes, mm -mm. it's real quiet. If you haven't trained your spirit to be sensitive to the nudges, convict us to hear the voice, to love the voice, to long for the voice and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Here's the thing. When it gets real quiet, it's time to drink. When it gets real quiet, it's time to set some time aside and worship and read the word and be in his presence. Everybody said amen. amen. And then after Bethel, Excuse me, yeah, after Bethel. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. <laughs> Elisha, Elijah already knows he ain't going to do it. <laughs> stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to Jericho. 
But Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives, that you yourself live, I'll never leave you. He's got this stake going there. He says, don't come, I'm coming. Don't come, there's no way I'm not coming. And so they went on to Jericho. And then the group of the prophets from Jericho came to Elisha and asked, asked him, do you know that the Lord is going to take away your master today from you today? Master away from you today? He says, of course, be quiet. Jericho means entering the promised land. This is the place where you learn to love his presence. You begin to walk by faith into the things that God's called you into. Not by sight. Walk, listen, praise the Lord. Just listen, listen. We could just go ahead and drink it in as we're part of this. There's certain, there's certain maturity levels where you start to walk and you go, God says this and you see that. And you go, I, I ain't buying that. What I see, I'm going with what I don't see. I'm going to stay true to what God said on, in the inside. Walking by faith. When they went to Jericho, it was big and rough and, oh my God, how are we going to pull this off? And they got these instructions. Walk around it seven times. And then on the seventh time, you know, blow your trumpets and bang your tambourines. And the walls are come tumbling down. They didn't go by sight. They went by faith. And the Lord begins to show you, I'm going to cause breakthroughs to happen in your life. Have you placed your life under God's control and learned to walk by faith with him? How many of you find out it ain't easy, but it's really good? Because you learn to obey him. You learn to praise him. You learn that victories come by doing life his way. And lastly, it says, then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to the Jordan River. And again, Elisha says, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. And so they went on together. I wonder by this time if Elijah is going, just smiling to himself. <laughs> this guy is going to get it. <laughs> Fifty men from the group of the prophets went, also went and watched from a distance as Elijah and Elisha stopped beside the Jordan River. And then Elijah folded his cloak together and struck the water with it and the river divided and the two of them went across on dry land and this is a picture Jordan is a picture literally of baptism from death to resurrection he's walking across and it's a life of fruitfulness it launches you into a life of fruitfulness the miracle transition you die to you and you live in fullness of Christ and there's a life just simply say hallelujah this is going on see this is the miracle dimension the baptism, going through the Jordan. You know, they went into the promised land and they really didn't uh, go into the promised land. But when they crossed the Jordan, they went in. They were new, a new group. The, the, the old had passed away. Ask somebody next to you, are you living a life of fruitfulness in Christ? And see, this is what he was after. This is what he was after. And when they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken away. And Elisha replied, let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. And Elisha, Elijah said, you have asked a difficult thing. If you see me when I'm taken from you, then you will get your request. But if not, then you won't. He just had to stay stuck like glue the whole way. And as they were walking and along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared drawn by horses of fire. It drove between the two of them, separating them. Elijah was carried up by a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, I see the chariots and the charioteers of Israel. And they disappeared from sight. Elisha tore his clothes in distress. 
Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak, which had fallen when he was taken up. Then Elisha returned to the bank of the Jordan River. He struck the water with Elijah's cloak and cried out, Where is the Lord, of the God of Elijah? And then the river divided, and Elisha went across. Did you know that the Bible records that Elisha did twice as many miracles as Elijah? He got his request. Now see, Elisha went after it his whole life, his whole spiritual life. He's the example of somebody that says, I'm going after it no matter what. I'm laying hold of God's purpose for my life no matter what all the way to the end. Nothing's going to stop me. I'm going for it. Holy Spirit, come into the hearts of everyone here and impart that spirit. I'm going for it no matter what. I'm giving God all, everything I've got from here on out. I'm doing this. I'm walking his way. I will not be interrupted. I will not be distracted. I will not be misled deceived, wandering about. I'm going to fulfill God's purpose with my life. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. I'm, that's my desire. That's my desire. Let's waken that up. And this is why Elisha could not understand why Joash would not strike the arrows on the floor until he, he just couldn't understand. Why don't you pour it out all my life? I have poured it out. I'm on my sickbed, and I know better than that. Will you strike it until it's done? Will you spend all your energies for Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and prepare for communion. I have another scripture or two we're going to put up. I'll tell you what. Uh, let's come on down and, and begin to receive. And let's hold our communion uh, in hand as you take the bread. And let's uh, pause before the Lord. I have another scripture that we want to put up here. Thank you so much. Uh, what we're doing is looking at our, the reality of who Jesus is. Because here's the point when we do communion. This is really true. Would you hold it when you get it? And just look at it for a minute. Just look at it. This represents the reality that Jesus gave all he had. He gave everything. Jesus gave all he had. And his beckoning because he's going to spend, we're going to spend eternity with him. Will you give him all you've got? That's the whole point of this. Put up the scripture, 2 Kings 13. Verse 20, so Elisha died, and they buried him. And now bands of Moabites used to invade the land in the spring of the year. Verse 21, and as a man was being buried, behold, a marauding band was seen, and the man was thrown into the grave of Elisha. And as soon as the man touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood to his feet.
This is a picture of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Let's just pretend for a minute that you got the bones of Jesus in your hands. You got the body, and when you touch it, you become spiritually alive like never before. Because Jesus gave his all. Let's praise him. Praise him. Now, there are some of you, because I, I didn't plan on this, but there are some of you that have had an obstacle in the way, and it's a presence of the adversary. And I didn't plan to share two stories, but I shared two stories that deal with dealing with the devil, getting rid of him out of your life. And I believe today that the resurrection power of Jesus will explode away the chains and shackles and works of hell in your life. Let's praise him in advance right now. Thank you, Lord. As your teeth crunch down on this, I want you to see or hear the crunching of a chain of bondage being broken by the Lord's power in your life. Let's first of all, let's praise him for a minute. Just go ahead and praise him. Praise him, Lord. Let's just, I want to declare some things over us. First of all, I pray for emotional and mental stability in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father, for uh, nagging things of hell to be broken nagging thoughts that would be hanging on to people be broken now as we partake of the body of Jesus that the resurrection power of Jesus take off Lord I pray for a, a, a literally revelation of seeing that those thoughts are not from you and that they can be dismissed by the power of your name by the power of this, of this uh, communion right now. Lord, I pray you, Holy Spirit, come. Let there come a revelation of who you are in each person's heart and life. This is not spiritual stuff that's on the top shelf, Lord. This is on the, on the bottom shelf. Everybody can see that you have the best in mind for them. Everybody knows that when you show up, even when struggle is there, you're stronger. You're more powerful. Your life invades. There's a change that happens. There's an there's a exchange that happens. You take the hurtful, wicked thing, the hurtful thing, the failure, the sin. You take that and you take it away and you give us the life and the freedom and the hope and and the peace and the joy it's an exchange and we take you take one thing you take the chain that held us and you give us the freedom and the, the newness of life in Christ and I pray that now in Jesus name that be released as we chomp into the resurrection power of Jesus Christ let's partake together and in, in Jesus name hallelujah 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 praise you Lord praise you Lord Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Go ahead and you can turn it off now. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus I have decided to follow Jesus no turning back no turning back the world behind me the cross before me 
the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back. No turning back. There's one more verse. The cross, my cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. Till I see Jesus. My cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. My cross I'll carry. Till I see Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. Father God, I thank you that you sent Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you did not wince or pull away or not become our Redeemer. But because you went through and you gave it all. Your blood was shed and poured out on the cross. And when your blood was shed and you drained out all your life for us, there was a purchase made for every soul that would put faith in you. We want to praise you for the ransom that was paid for each of our hearts and souls. We give you praise right now as we hold this cup and thank you that we pass from death into life because of the pouring out of your blood. We thank you for deep lifelong, empowering forgiveness. We praise you that we receive your forgiveness, and we praise you, Lord, you give us the power to forgive and not be held in bondage to bitterness. We thank you for your great grace that accomplishes this in us. And as we hold this cup right now, we're reminded where when you said, let this cup nevertheless, Lord, is there any way this cup could pass from me? Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. I pray in the coming days, every single decision that causes us to want to doubt our walk with you, that we would say, nevertheless, thy will be done. And as we drink this cup, we thank you for profound forgiveness and profound power and profound love to walk your way in Jesus' name. Let's partake. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Once again, let's just lift our hands before the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. We surrender. We surrender through the power that raised Jesus from the dead. We surrender. We surrender to the love that loves us more than anything or anybody ever could. We surrender. We surrender to the peace that comes and the stillness of soul that happens 
in the midst of turmoils in the world, we receive the peace. We surrender to the peace. And Lord, I pray that there would be an overwhelming joy. We surrender to the joy in heaven, the joy of our hearts being knitted with you. In the name of Jesus, praise your name. Amen. You're dismissed.